Welcome to the Annex Wealth Management's WTMJ Conversations 2023, sponsored by Smart Spaces, your forum for in-depth discussions with those that make Milwaukee the place it is today. Now, kicking it all off, here is Vince Petrano and Eric Bilstad. 809 on WTMJ, the front end of a very special day here on Wisconsin's radio station. Newsmakers coming in, making news today. Interesting people who are part of the fabric of our Wisconsin community will be joining us in these long-form interviews for the next eight hours. And we have the opportunity to kick it off today, E. Uh, So I hope you're with us through the day. We're going to start out with our first guests, whose names you may not know, but you have seen their work. Rinka is a broad-based architecture and design firm, and you may drive by one of their signature buildings in Milwaukee, one of them just south of the high-rise bridge. It says Michael's on it, so you can't miss it. Another one is soon going to be a focal point of the downtown skyline, the Couture Project that we have talked about for a long time. It is going up as we speak. Matt Rinka is founder of the company, Chad Griswold, one of his business partners, and they are with us live here in studio at the Avenue. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Morning. Thanks so, for so what do you think of our space? Right. First, your your impressions of our you know this build out here in this place that was so long a disappointment. Right. For so many years, we yeah. tried to get it right down here downtown in this avenue space. How are we doing? I love it. I love the uh, adaptive reuse of old buildings. Uh, I think it's not only the most sustainable thing you can do as as uh, a company and as an architect, but uh, I love the the creative uses of the spaces that you guys have here. When there's so much building going on, Matt, you were just, or Chad, you were just mentioning you're from the Madison area, and even that's another spot in Wisconsin where we're just seeing more and more and more things being built and kind of cool developments. Yeah, lots of density coming to Madison. And as a kid growing up at Madison, the Grand Avenue was the place to go in the 80s. So. Right, it was fancy, right? It Get was, dressed up. We were was. doing downtown shopping. Right, right. So it's great to see it, it back in, in a different form. Well, I, I really wanted to talk to, to both of you first about, you know, Matt, when you and I spoke more than a year ago, you know, I, I, impressed upon you just the, the respect that I have because you guys see the future. You are designing the future. And I want to get into that a little bit, but let's talk about some of the signature buildings that I just mentioned. And maybe let's start with the couture because now the pilings are in and the foundation has been dug and now it's starting to to come up out of the land. What is that like for you guys as the people who designed this property to now see it come into life? Yeah, it's an incredible experience. Obviously, anytime you have a high-rise building that makes a mark on the skyline, uh, it's something something special, and we're actually just above the podium, so we're they're pouring the third floor. The core of the building is up to what seven or eight. Now? Yeah, we're up to I, I think ten on the core, and we just yeah. poured the fourth floor last week. Fifth floor is the first tower floor that that's being formed right now. So. It's going to start to go really quickly. They'll be pouring a, a floor a week. Um, so it'll, I was going to say, how come it goes so fast now? And I mean, I know you guys are on the design mm-hmm. and not the construction end, but right. why did now, you know, it takes so long, it feels like, to get to this point, and then now it's going to go up quickly? Well, the short answer is because now it's uh, it's a typical floor plate. So they use those forms that they pour the concrete into. They just keep reusing them and keep flying them up. So it becomes a much more quick process now that we don't have unique floors. Yeah, well, it's about a floor a week. So you're going to see a tower there probably in about... Six months. Mm-hmm. But are you guys done with that, or do they still call you on things, saying, hey, this isn't going to fit here, or something like that? Are you, are you pretty much, <laughs> all the it, time. We're, yeah, okay. we're on site yeah. all the time. We're, we've got job site meetings uh, every other week. So No yeah. kidding. Yeah. As you design that, Matt, and the other buildings that are part of our downtown landscape, do you look at the skyline as it is and also incorporate how is this going to fit 
with its neighboring properties? Do you ever, you know, do you ever just design a building in isolation or is it always with that other stuff in mind? Always with context yeah. in mind. And so if you look at how the couture is sort of, uh, I would say, uh, sits on the site, it's really meant to be a beautiful backdrop for the art museum and discovery world and, and that lakefront uh, skyline view that we're all so proud of. In fact, I was driving uh, into downtown from the West and uh, looking at our skyline, you know, over the last several years, it's starting to get really impressive. It's not just one tall building anymore. It's, yeah. it's, it's many, which is great. And this will just add to that. We've talked a lot about building up, and I do want to talk about the future of what that's going to look like 10 years, maybe 20 years out. But, Chad, in, in terms of the other things that you all at Rinka are designing, you're also, I'm also fascinated by your South Shore project, your North Shore up near Port Washington, where you're sort of designing these mini neighborhoods in terms of residential. So these aren't the big skyscrapers, but these are little neighborhoods, whether they be townhomes or apartments. Or Is there a desire for that type of living that's driving those developments? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think what, what we're seeing is, is some of the, the, you know, called traditional neighborhoods in Milwaukee that are really desirable, the, the Shorewoods, Whitefish Bays, uh, Bay Views, you know, whatever it is. Um, people love the walkability of that. They, they love the neighborhood feel. They love, you know, um, the, the diversity and, and the mix of uses that are in those neighborhoods. So to the extent that we can uh, bring that to other areas of the city, whether it's, uh, whether it's Oak Creek or, or Bayside or, um, Sockville is a big one that, that we're doing right now. Um, I'm, I'm actually moving to the one in, in Oak Creek. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a really, um, I live in Shorewood. It's a really wonderful, you know, uh, community, just walkable, lots of green space. And, and so it's, uh, you know, something we're really proud of. How much planning and input do you take on something like that? Or is it you guys say, okay, this is what you, this is what you're giving us. Here's what we're suggesting. Or is there a back and forth that has to go into that? There's always a back and forth, but our job is to really maximize the use of a site. Yeah, yeah. So any site that uh, a client may bring to us, our job is to uh, envision what could be. And for us, it's always about what's the greatest thing that could happen on the site. And uh, if we can shoot for that, uh, typically our clients are extremely visionary themselves. Uh, they're used to to getting pushed to uh, do the best thing that's possible for the site. Is it ever two in the morning? And you wake up and you're like, oh, yeah, I got to write that That's it. Oh, absolutely. Actually, really? the uh, the design for the couture, uh, I have a sketch that's on the back of a, a hotel stationery. No uh, way. Come on. That's in a movie. It's, it's absolutely true. I have it still. But, uh, it's, I love it. it was, I was in Madison staying at a hotel and it woke up at 3 a.m. I said, I've got the, I've got the idea. Fantastic. So. We're talking with uh, Rinka that's a broad-based architecture and design firm chad griswold is with us and the founder of the company matt rinka on wtmj conversations 2023 we mentioned the suburbs a little bit let's go west and we just had there was at least a proposal it doesn't sound like it's going to happen but a high rise in wauwatosa i remember one on the north shore was proposed as well in these areas that are landlocked and there's nowhere to go but up do you guys see while it hasn't kind of really happened yet do you guys see that being the future for some of our near suburban communities uh, I think so. I, I think the the density that uh, is going to get required to be able to develop and create uh, sort of the taxable base for these uh, communities, you're going to have to go up on, on a lot of these. So uh, it's happening in other cities already. If you look at Atlanta, it's not just uh, the high rises aren't just downtown. They're in the in the neighborhoods now. So I think it'll happen in Milwaukee. It might take longer, but uh, people are trying. 
And when you design that, Chad, then you have to be sensitive because that makes the people who already live there a little bit uncomfortable because they're not used to that in their neighborhood. Sure. I, I think in, in any community, when you start to increase density, for me, it, it really increases the need for for that overall plan. Um, it's it's a little easier in, in say, a downtown to, to put up a tower because there's so many uses around it. There's there's a reason for that density that people want to go to. So in the suburbs, I think you got to be a little bit more careful to make sure that that mix is there and that it becomes desirable. Yeah, it's all about <clears throat> really creating the experience at the ground level. And people are scared of tall buildings, but as long as the, the, the ground level pedestrian experience is designed really well, and that's why we try to make sure that there's so much attention paid to that. What's happening? How does it interact with other you know, buildings as well as the community around it is really important. Talking with Matt Rinka and Chad Griswold, the designers of our future here in southeast Wisconsin. Back with more WTMJ Conversations right after this. We built this city on rock and roll. Built this city. Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. You knew he would come up with that song this morning. Renka, a broad-based architecture and design firm right here in Milwaukee. These are the folks who are designing part of the Milwaukee skyline that exists now and looking toward the future. Matt Rinka and Chad Griswold are with us. So let's talk about the future of the downtown skyline. Do you both see a greater density and continuing to build up and build bigger downtown? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the desire to live downtown continues to really, uh, you know, um, accelerate with the couture. You've got uh, some really great projects that have just been built. Uh, and I think uh, I don't see that stopping. Not at all. We, we were just talking uh, about the 815 East Clybourne site just south of the Couture. Um, that was, was made possible by some of the freeway off-ramp uh, reconfigurations, and you know we see that as a key site. But really, if you look at a, a Google of, of, of the downtown, there's, just, there's a lot of parking lots. There's a lot of areas where we can continue to densify and, and then put more high-rise. But don't get me started on the fact that we have surface street parking in a major metro area. Like, that shouldn't exist. There should be something on every one of those spots. But, Chad, to your point about the site, and I want to tell folks about that. So right across the street, just to the south of where the Couture is going up, across Clybourne, and if you take the Hone Bridge, it's right in that sort of interchange there, the lake interchange, as we call it. There's an open site now. It's state-controlled, and there are... We're out there shopping this site to someone who wants to build another signature building in downtown. Matt, you guys came up with some thoughts of what it could be, and I would encourage people to go on your website. They can see that, but you envision an extraordinary tower there. Correct. Well, if you go on our website, you'll see a 50-story tower that we envisioned for the DOT, and it's uh, it would be an, it's on axes with uh, the east-west uh, 794, so as, you, as visitors and residents are coming into or towards that lakefront, that would really be the, the signature tower uh, that you'd see. So there's news recently of Northwestern Mutual redoing one of their buildings. Uh, do you know the firm? Do you guys communicate at all with any of those folks? Or is that something that they're competitors and they do their thing and you guys do yours? No, we, <clears throat> we actually uh, worked with them on the, you know, cool. the Northwestern First Tower. Uh, and so we're very familiar with them, and I think they'll do a great job. Is there? What do you think of that idea of, you mentioned this earlier, about sustainability or using or reusing their ideas to reuse and, and kind of keep the footprint of their original building, same kind of deal where that, that makes sense to you? 
Yeah, as I mentioned, uh, the adaptive reuse of existing yeah. buildings is really the most sustainable thing you could do. And if you do it uh, in a way that uh, is is uh, works for the users and uh, of that building, I think it's the right way to go. I think what's interesting is you bring up Northwestern Mutual, Eric, as a major downtown employer. For a long time, that brand new shiny office tower was empty due to COVID, and they perhaps other more than other companies have been more cautious in bringing people back to the workplace. They're obviously committed now, it seems, to the downtown workplace. But there was a while, did you ever wonder out loud, like, boy, are we done building giant office towers because everybody wants to work from home now? Uh, that certainly was something that uh, crossed our mind for a while. Yeah. But I think, you know, we... Uh, people want that experience. They want to be able to work with other people. We're social creatures, so... Uh, for us designing uh, great office spaces that, uh, you know, encourage collaboration, companies that collaborate are going to be more successful, period. And Chad, as we look at post-COVID design, have you had clients coming to you and saying, we need to rethink, okay, we'll, we'll do the tower or we'll do a new office space, but we need to rethink how we've always done that from the interior standpoint? There's certainly been changes. I, I think we've we've moved on from the the whole you know phase of sanitation and separation and, and things like that that we you know at one time thought was was going to radically change the office and and now it, we are competing with the home environment, right? I, I think everybody recognizes the value of collaboration. It, it, they recognize you know the value of, of people to being together and you know, idea exchanges and all of those things and. And so they're, they're really trying to bring in the technology, the amenity, the energy to those environments that, that really make people want to be there and want to, to collaborate. Actually, I, I'm happy to do this. If folks want to text us on the Old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. I guess I'll take your questions. Wasn't expecting that, but I got a couple in here, so I'm, I might as well throw this at you. Uh, coming in from us, say, can you ask these guys if they truly feel that the current designs will be timeless in the future? It doesn't seem to be the type of imaginative design versus what this area was founded on with old European design, especially in a place like Milwaukee where we so value our past. And to the point that sometimes I admit I'm hung up on it, right? How do you both build for the future but also respect you know, th those old European roots that built this city? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, architecture uh, needs to reflect uh, the time that it's built. And obviously, you know, architecture itself is about the future. It's about something that will be there for, for a very long time. And so uh, when people ask us, hey, th that building is modern, doesn't look like it, it belongs in Milwaukee, I say, well, we're not really building it for the past. We're building it for the future. And so uh, I, think, uh, I think as long as it's, it's thoughtfully designed with uh, not only the current uh, uses as well as future users in mind, it will always be timeless. Um, and I think if it's a, if it's beautiful and it's uh, attractive, uh, it's a, it can be a building that the community cherishes, and that's that's really important for us. How has the industry changed at all? I mean, when when we think of architecture, we think of the big maps and the, the rulers and the, the yeah, Mr. Brady and, and the yeah. Brady bunch. Yeah. You had the big <laughs> drafting area, right? Is there any yeah. of that anymore? Or is it all digital? Or how get out your T square? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. There's very little paper in our office these days. Uh, we we do still have a plotter, but we we don't use. And in fact, most uh, municipalities now will take digital submissions for for plans. So very little paper. Uh, we're we're all digital based, mostly designing in 3D, both uh, you know from a rendering and a, and a construction document standpoint. So it's quite a ways beyond the, the days of the T-square. That's got to make it easier too, though, right? Like being able to imagine it when you can create it 3D. Yeah, I. I 
I'll say that uh, there's still a lot of sketching. So the sure. the hand to to paper uh, is really important about in terms of getting great ideas across very quickly, and that's really part of the dying process is to make sure that ideas are out there so that we can evaluate them. Certainly, the the new technology has enhanced our ability to uh, not just sh- uh, think about design but present it to people, so it's uh, very digestible. Chad Griswold, Matt Rinka, our architects here in Milwaukee, design many of the buildings that we see every day. Let's look toward the future, Skyline 2033, 43, more big buildings. Are we, can we and are we going to build bigger than what I always called the first Wisconsin building, our, you know, our, our original <laughs> signature skyscraper? I, uh, absolutely. I think, uh, I think we're going to see a 50-story building within that time frame. And uh, we've actually, if you look at that site for, on Clybourne, it's a 50-story building that we're envisioning there. I think it deserves that. It's maybe one of the, the, the best sites in the entire Midwest, right on Lake Michigan. Can we get a helicopter pad on the top of that? Is that, that would be awesome. For you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke in there. I won't make it. But <laughs> Chad, how about for you, as you look at the skyline, where, where are the gaps? Where could some other big buildings go? Oh, you know what's what's been great to see is is the uh, not only the density that's happening along the lakefront and and the eastern portion of the city, but that moving west, moving west of the river with uh, the arena, the uh, the convention center, um, this this place. So I, I think that we're going to continue to see things going west and and that density building up um, along the the corridor of, of Wisconsin Avenue. How good are you guys at like Minecraft? Do you play a lot of Minecraft? <laughs> Pretty awesome. <laughs> My son's great. <laughs> <laughs> is that do you? So uh, how is that in your house then, Matt? Do you you hope to raise an architect in there, a designer? Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be in his blood. Yeah, he's he loves Minecraft. He loves putting things together. So we'll see. Uh, one more question for you, since I got it on the old National Bank talk and text line. What do you what do they think of the removal of the part of seven ninety four? That's being. Uh, discussed that part that connects the Hone Bridge with the rest of the freeway system there, ripping that down and uh, opening up that space for development? You know, I personally think it's uh, it's a great idea as long as it's, it's thoughtfully done uh, and well-designed. I think uh, any anything that helps uh, connect that pedestrian fabric of the city, uh, I think right now the freeways tend to be a bit of a barrier between neighborhoods, and it's, you know, not a great experience walking underneath those freeways right now, and I think be able to bring those down if we can do it in a way that um, encourages both great pedestrian movement but also uh, vehicular traffic i think it's going to be a, a winner for the city chad you got some ideas for that spot i think we're, we're starting to see the benefits of the park east and, and that coming down it's taken a while but, it did take uh, a while but yes <laughs> but, but we are seeing right. it now and i think it could be a very similar transformation in that area and hopefully uh, happens a little bit more quickly but we still got to move people around so how do you incorporate that also as you know do they come to you with uh, obviously in the couture it's going to be a transportation hub with right. with the streetcar but uh, you got to think about that as well because if we can't get to these places they don't work Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, again, with the Park East, I think we saw with McKinley Boulevard bring that down to, to the um, surface. Um, didn't really see any negative benefits, I don't think, in terms of transportation and moving people around. And I, th- I think we could work it a similar way. We sort of figure it out, don't we? We absolutely <laughs> we do. manage to get to the places Well, it's also that we about the journey. So uh, if you look at McKinley, I think that's a great example. Uh, the experience along McKinley is going to be amazing. Right. Uh, as the development continues with the hotel and what the Bucks are doing. Uh, so it's not just about getting from point A to point B. It's about all the spaces in between. And I think uh, certainly that's a great sort of testament to uh, what they did there. Do you have a favorite skyline in the world, Matt? 
Uh, honestly, probably Vancouver. I don't know if you've been there, but it's it's an amazing skyline. The mountains help. That's <laughs> <laughs> good backdrop, isn't it, yeah. Chad? Uh, I, I love New York. It's it's uh, it's it's great to see some of the um, buildings that push the edge of technology, and in terms of how how narrow they are and skinny and, and high, it's 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 really amazing to see. Yeah, I would have thrown those in there, and you know, here in North America, but what's happening in like Dubai, Abu Dhabi? Like, there's a new, bigger, more, more amazing skyscraper going up there all the time. I got to start throwing that in the mix. <laughs> I think uh, I mean the 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 skyscrapers, but. Uh, what you don't see very often is the pedestrian experience there. I, I'm not sure it's great. It's too hot out. <laughs> yeah, right. it's too hot. <laughs> right. Everything's right. Yeah, you never see anybody on the ground there. Uh, Matt Rinka, Chad Griswold, thank you so much uh, for spending the first half hour of WTMJ Conversations with us. And appreciate your designing our future here in Milwaukee, sharing that perspective. Thank you, guys. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank it you. is coming up on 830 WTMJ Conversations 23 continues next right after this.